Hi everyone, this is part two of a two-parter episode of the Media of Lockdown Revenge. I'm not sure what the rest of the title is because I haven't decided on it. Either way, more movies, TVs and games being reviewed. Uh, this is part two focusing solely on video games. If you haven't heard part one, which focuses on movies and TV shows, I recommend you go and listen to that first, otherwise the conversation doesn't flow as well as you think it might. Anyway, on with the episode. Life found other ways to wind me the fuck up. <laughs> Video games, Michael. Video games. Uh, yeah, do you want to start on this front? Is there anything you've been playing recently? <laughs> There's one very, very uh, apt one to talk about right now. Undeniably, game of, the, of lockdown for me. Okay. Absolutely. Because whilst football is going very wrong in real life, in football manager world, everything's looking peachy. <laughs> I'll be quick because I know you don't give a shit, but let me tell you, I am now eight seasons deep with West Bromwich Albion. Not only have I dragged him at the championship via the playoffs, not only did we narrowly avoid relegation on the last day of the season, season two, in the six seasons that have then followed that, we've won a European Cup. Admittedly, it's the second Europa League. No one even cares about it, but we won it. I've won the FA Cup and beat Man United in the process. And finally, qualified for the Champions League this year. Uh, we've got drawn against Real Madrid in the first knockout round, so we're going to go out. But, you know, I've got us there. That's fine. Uh, I've built a wonderful team of names. Um, because we know, when you... You may not know this, but obviously because Football Manager is basically meant to be an infinite one. Mm. They, there's something called regens, which is players that the game itself has created. Right. Um, and they have such wonderful names. I had to talk myself out of buying Super Mario from River Plate in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super. He had like a, he had like the the um, umlaut over the U. So I think he was meant to be German. But yeah, Super Mario in Argentina. I had to talk myself out of buying him. Um, I have um, such. I have uh, my wonderful Brazilian bald-headed boy called Nildo up front. Uh, who I almost nicknamed Dildo, but I couldn't do it, oh. so he's Nildo. Um, I have uh, Jasor Jalalidinov, the Uzbeki Messi, which I've already mentioned on the podcast. He was a real person. He now plays for Spartak Moscow. Yeah, the Uzbeki Messi, um, Jasor Jalalidinov, which I've practiced that name so much, it's great. Uh, I've got my time midfield sensation, currently out on Celtic, called Ekanit Chuman. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. Uh, um, I think, oh, no, I've got to tell you about my left back. This is I, I brought him on strength of name alone. I was looking for a new backup left back who was like younger and I could get in behind uh, Jonathan Panzo, who's my starting left back. I went to America. I looked in the MLS and playing. I think he played for LA Galaxy. Was my beautiful Italian American boy who now when he plays and every time he touches the ball, I get to shake. Hey yo, it's Joey. Joey apples. <laughs> Joey apples. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's a regen. He's not real, but I, oh. I couldn't not buy for three million pounds. Young twenty-one Italian-American Joey Apples. That's, <laughs> That's just too good. Uh, I haven't been able to buy all the funny names that I wanted. Uh, I didn't get to buy buy um, unbelievable under twenty-one Ajax goalkeeper Boy Schneckers. Um, <laughs> good God, did I want him? Um, do I need to start playing Football Manager just for these names? You do. Just skip the first five seasons and wait for the regens to come in because they've just got <laughs> such... That's a part of the reason I want to play it now because every time I see like these wonderfully named people, it just makes me laugh more and more. I'm really annoyed that Man United bid £70 million for Boy Schneckers because I wanted Boy Schneckers so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah, this is why I keep pretending that real-life football doesn't exist because in the virtual world... We are sixth in the league and in the Champions League. Everything is going fine. And my boy Nildo is just scoring for fun. So I want to live in this world, Michael. I want to be this man. <laughs> I have this left back called Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. <laughs> <laughs> just genuinely, Rachel was like, were you talking to someone on the phone last night? I was like, no. I just kept hearing you say, like, talk, were you talking to someone called Joey? But oh no, he was. He had a really good game. So every time he touched the ball, I have to go, hey yo, it's Joey. Joey Apples. <laughs> oh, He's also 21, bald as a cue ball, and has a moustache. So it's just everything is working about Joey Apples. So yeah, I have put, I brought that game 
because I'd finished Last of Us 2, which I'll speak about in a minute, and Rachel was about to start, and I thought, okay, I'll get Football Manager on the cheap, just so you can play Last of Us and I'm not bored. Uh, she has currently put about three or four hours into Last of Us 2 and lost a bit of interest. I have got to be at least 40 to 50 hours deep on this Football Manager. <laughs> <safe there. laughs> oh, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Joey Apples. Joey. Joey Apples. <laughs> I almost changed his nickname so his name is Joey Joey Apple. So that's the way you have to say it. Anyway. Please change it so his name is Joey, and then in quotations, Joey Apples Apples. <laughs> you got to find your own fun sometimes in video games. You've got to find your own fun. Oh, man. Um, game Pass pulled a blinder and put Doom Eternal on for free. Mm. I've been playing Doom Eternal. My brother... I think that my brother's got the Game Pass, so I might be jumping on that too. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, Doom Eternal's great. Um, I think I can confidently say with no other shooters of note, because I know the COD's coming out. I don't give a shit. Uh, with no other shooters of note coming out for the rest of the year, Doom Eternal's the best shooter I've played this year, easily. Sweet. It is fast. It is fun. It is exhilarating it's ridiculous total power trip whilst at the same time being quite a fair challenge if i have one criticism of doom it's that i genuinely feel like i need to take breaks whilst playing it oh wow i genuinely get exhausted playing doom eternal i i didn't realize i had become an actual grandfather it's uh <laughs> it, it's right there's something it's something about it that is just exhausting it is it, every single encounter feels like this really intricate ballet between your positioning and your shooting and watching your health making sure that you're leaving enough of the little dreggy goblins so that you can just hit them with your chainsaw to get ammo back because oh boy there is not a lot of ammo in this game whilst also mm -hmm. combining that with chaining your um glory kills which reduce your health which is very useful there are still some demons I don't know how the fuck to beat. And it's just, it, it tells you, a big lovely box comes up saying this is exactly how you do it. Which is great in the demo because that enemy stands still and allows you to hit its weak point. I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to hit some of these weak points when you're moving that quickly. So it is not a slow game in the slightest. Um, but, I mean, it's atmosphere, great. Music, absolutely fantastic story completely batshit and therefore brilliant the the literal plot of this game has gone from like the simplicity of doom 2016 is there is a plot in the background if you want to care about it but you are a man with a gun and an anger so burning hot that it re let, uh, refuses to let you die mm -hmm. um and they kind of ran with that and went okay let's make him literally too angry to die Let's make, let's make him like this mythological thing, basically a demigod in the actual <laughs> world of the game. That that yeah. and the only reason he doesn't talk to anybody is because he's so angry he needs to kill everything. <laughs> You've just described Kratos. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Like, a man so angry he escapes hell like it's a slow Tuesday morning. It is a mild inconvenience to him. <laughs> they really do treat him like Kratos. Moreover, the, imagine that this is like, it's the reverse of Kratos. He crawled out of hell and then went back in because not everything was dead yet. <laughs> it's so good. It's so surprising. And the amount of like secrets and explorables that they put in this game is is, is really good. You get this this hub so like the missions are pretty fucking lengthy i don't know how many there are i'm only like five or six deep because i feel like i have to like you know get a chamomile t chamomile tea and rest like after every encounter because it's just it gets your heart fucking thumping like that um but you go back after the end of levels to like the fourth literally it's called the fortress of doom it is a castle in space that you own of course it's and you can like um you can unlock like points there's a lot of rpg stuff in there so like you get points for your suit so it's like obviously the more you get the better at unlocking the map you are and weathering environmental hazards and uh, you know blocking yourself against explosives and stuff like that you you build that up as well as putting modifications on guns so your shotgun can also launch sticky grenades or you can make it full auto 
or you end up with you end up with some ridiculous weapons. The best one I've come across so far is the super shotgun, because now they've attached a fucking grapple hook to it, which means you can grapple hook to the face of a demon, ride it all the way over to him and shoot him in the goddamn face. And it's so good. It's so goddamn satisfying. But it really does toe the line of like, it's a total power trip. But also, if you do fuck up a couple of movements, you will die. But thankfully, the checkpoint system's pretty good, so you never feel like you lose much. So, yeah, it's not, obviously, it's not Dark Souls. It's not punishingly difficult, unless you choose it to be. I've just gone for bog-standard normal mode, and I can get Mm. through it. I've died a couple of times. I can get through it, but it's it's just the, the sheer amount of variety. I genuinely forgot I had ice grenades. Like, the game gives you just weapon after weapon after supplementary fire after supplementary fire i genuinely had forgotten i got an ice grenade which made one specific encounter very easy so i did it the hard way just by like jumping around the dude and shooting him in the face oh it's good though like if have you played doom 2016 yet i did i played it i'd say i liked it enough that i would play doom eternal but not enough that I feel like I need to buy it now. That very much feels like a PS Plus, if we're lucky, if not maybe like a second-hand CEX special. Like, I'm in no rush to play Doom Eternal, but I would like to play it eventually. Yeah, I think 2016 is very much in that ilk. I didn't play Doom 2016 until it was on the Game Pass. I didn't Hmm. finish it because it left the Game Pass, which was really annoying. Uh, But now I intend to finish Doom Eternal um, because it is going to be there. Um, which actually leads us neatly into the one bit of news we wanted to talk about. Um, the entire reason that Doom Eternal will stay on the Game Pass. Yeah. The Billy Big Bollocks on Microsoft all of a sudden to um, go ahead and buy Zenimax. Oof. Oof. The day before Xbox, pre- uh, Xbox um, pre-orders go live. Yep. That is... Fucking Machiavellian levels of corporate manoeuvring. Well done, them. I, oh yeah, this is. It looks like I'm not saying that Microsoft were doomed. Obviously, the Xbox is not going to be a failure. Things are tribal enough as it is that you know, even if people weren't exactly excited about launch games, they would still buy it anyway because Xbox has to win the gaming war. So it was always going to be fine. But yeah, this is. The options available to them now are mad. You either have guaranteed system sellers whenever they come in. I know Bethesda's taken like a bit of a battering recently because of Fallout 76. Um, there was something else that wasn't very good. I cannot remember what it is. Mainly Fallout 76. But yeah, they have now can potentially have exclusive to them whatever Fallout game comes next, whatever Doom game comes next, and chief among which, whichever Elder Scrolls games come next. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, what's interesting is that, that Microsoft now have to publish a PlayStation 5 exclusive game, which is yeah, that's mad. That's ridiculous because obviously they have to stick to all the promises that they've that Bethesda and Zenimax made as a standalone company. Yeah, but then we all weird situations like a couple years ago, Microsoft bought Obsidian who left Bethesda because Bethesda weren't making good enough Fallout games. So they left, made a company, and made one themselves. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and they were the guys who did Fallout New Vegas, and then obviously the game I'm talking about now is The Outer Worlds. Uh, mm-hmm. Both very, very good games. But now we're in a situation where they're, <laughs> they're under the same umbrella. So for all intents and purposes, they could, they could pull the Billy Big Bollocks move in a couple years and go obsidian are making fallout new vegas 2 and you can only play it on the xbox and it's going to be on the game pass see that's the thing so they can either do that and have everything exclusive or do probably the most business sense one timed exclusive so you get them to sell your um consoles for six months to a year but then you also get the supplementary income of them releasing them late to the game on ps5 and switch or you can release them on everything and have Sony basically giving money to Microsoft. So, I I think, like, the, the good news is, I am not particularly attached to any of those franchises. You know, I mean, I played Skyrim, it was, I liked it enough, but I'm not going to be sad that I'm not playing the next one. 
Fallout I've never really jived with, and like I said, I've just talked about my feelings towards Doom. So this wasn't that bad of a thing for me, but I imagine for a lot of people who are buying a PS5, this is going to be a come-to-Jesus moment, because if they're really excited about the Elder Scrolls 6 or the Fallout franchise, and they do say it's console exclusive, that's going to be a real, like, issue for them. They've either got to justify owning two consoles or going where the games are leading them. So, yeah, hell of a move. I wonder what Sony's going to do to... I guess everyone was like, what if they phone Rockstar? I'm like, you think Rockstar's going to be brought out, you silly shit? <laughs> no, no. They have got all the fuck you money in the world. Ain't no one buying Rockstar anytime soon. No, Rockstar could buy them. But that's the only yeah. way that's going <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The good, the good, like you said, the good news is, is that for us, at the very least, that's not the loss of our favourite franchise. Mm. And genuinely, I do feel that, like, Sony does have the better um, first-party studios. I feel like yeah. you don't want to go too far with that Spider-Man game, a Sucker Punch game a god of war game these are games that people really do care about yeah and you know it within those three i've mentioned both of our favorite games of this generation probably yeah so you know it's not that great a loss i understand where people could get annoyed especially if their favorite game is a bethesda title i mean the Bethesda umbrella is so big, it spans like all the games you just mentioned, but also covers Dishonored, Prey, a bunch of other different things, and now they're being handled by one specific company, which could yeah. put them on one specific platform. The good news about that is, if you are a PC gamer, none of this matters. Yeah. But I am not. I am decidedly not a PC gamer, and I do nope. want to play Fallout. I do want to play Elder Scrolls. I do want to play Doom. Starfield, whenever the fuck that actually happens, I do mm-hmm. want to play these games. I will probably still be able to play them, because yeah. if all three major companies this generation succeeded at something, the Switch is genuinely the best fucking hardware of the generation. I know it's the least powerful. But in terms of its portability and the games available Mm. and the sheer functionality of it is brilliant. Sony had the best exclusives and the best sort of menu system like that. It was a full it's fully customizable. It's easy to understand. And it had, you know, Spider-Man, God of War, Detroit, all these things. Yeah. Microsoft was the perfect third console choice. Most people Mm. have two. And I would say you either own an Xbox or a PlayStation, as well as a Nintendo console. Yeah. But now, you think about the kind of value that the Game Pass offers, it's hard to argue not making that your secondary console. Like, you get a PlayStation, and now you've got to decide between a Switch and a Series X. Because the Mm. Game Pass is so fucking good. It is such good value for what it is. This genuinely feels like we're watching like the netflix revolution happen again i would not be surprised if this is where it's going and i mean there was even those rumors like a couple of days after the festival that they were gonna try and buy sega that that would have been that, big that would have been mad i don't think that would happen because i was mentioned before american companies buying japanese companies i don't think happens because the japanese government would step in um to be like yeah no especially smaller <laughs> ones maybe but not sega and i know they've been getting chummy especially now that steve and minecraft is in Smash, oh christ yeah that but happened ain't ain't no way they're letting microsoft buy nintendo anytime. No. in fact <laughs> if it was a few years ago that microsoft had done this when the wii u was out sony might have responded by going okay fuck you we're gonna buy nintendo <laughs> now yeah. that would have been like that's a come to Jesus moment, ever there was one. But uh, <laughs> there we go. No, um, yeah, it's it's mad. Again, thankfully, it doesn't really affect either of us. We're not. I mean, you like Fallout games. I know this because you bought a limited edition one with the little thing on your wrist. I did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not that way inclined. So thankfully, this wasn't big news for me. But yeah, the arms race is hotting up. I I worry for all medium sized studios that if they get, I mean, so they. To be fair. It's not like EA is buying people, because that's when you need to get worried. If, if Microsoft and Sony are buying you, they want quality games. They're not looking for you to make money-making machines. I mean, you look <laughs> at the lack of microtransactions in all Sony first-party games. I can't think of any that have any. No, um, none. 
so they're all good quality stuff so this is probably a good sign that we won't get a fallout 76 2 situation they'll only be putting out good games now so great more good games for everyone to play yeah the quality outside of the third party publishers your, your eas your ubisofts of the world and to a point the bethesda's but no longer will that be a problem for bethesda they're now going to be they're going to have a consistent revenue stream by being owned by that platform it only it only speaks to the quality of what can be produced rather than you know what can be sold which is which is good i think there's nothing wrong with that i think we all we all want better games um but at the same time nintendo does have the best selling game of the year because they used fomo so you know there's that yes they did um in fact Let's talk about that one next. Because um, yeah, we both played this. Is, yes, Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, I, I, I'm i going to see if I can guess which order you went through. Have you played all three yet? No. Ah, okay. So I'm guessing you started with Sunshine. Yep. And then moved to Galaxy. Yeah, Galaxy. Okay, we've done the same thing. I dabbled with 64, but I, I've gone the wrong way about it. I should have started with 64 because when you play a better version of the Mario movement engine and then go back to 64, it's it's fucking unplayable. Yeah, um, you're right. I, I cannot get to grips with that game. So, yeah, I did the same. Sunshine, uh, Pout Through, completed that, because it, it, Crash 4 was coming. And I was like, I don't want to feel like... Because Rachel brought me as a present. I was like, I don't want to feel like... You feel like I'm not getting enough out of this and I'm just rushing through it so I can play a different game. But I did happen to play through it at a normal pace and finish Sunshine pretty quickly. And got a decent stab into Galaxy as well. So, good God, those are some well-made games. They really are. However, I'm going to say something controversial now. Galaxy's the best one. I think, like, functionally, Galaxy probably is the better one. But I have such rose-tinted glasses for Sunshine. Yeah, I... I didn't own a GameCube until well after its life cycle ended. So mm. I don't, and I certainly didn't have Mario 64. I had a Nintendo 64, but it was otherwise known as the Pokemon Snap Machine. Like, yeah, I yeah. didn't own Mario 64. I don't have nostalgia for that game. I'll probably, I probably won't end up playing it on 3D All-Stars. I don't know yet. I did have a Wii, though. I did have Mario Galaxy. I was looking forward to it. I have massive nostalgia for that game. But even that aside, you you think about, you know, the simplified controls, the atmosphere, the story, the music, especially the goddamn music. Mario Galaxy is fucking brilliant. I know people like to say, oh, well, it's not a proper 3D Mario because it's like because uh. it's it's like this or this awkward hybrid between like the full sandbox experience you get in 64 and Sunshine and like the yeah. course clear side of things like your new super mario yeah. brothers your 3d worlds all that nonsense yeah, yeah it is a middle point but to me that means it's the quintessential mario game it's the best it's so good i i will argue to the death on music because i think sunshine is some of the best video game music ever i had to ban the singing of the hub world music in the house because i was i think i was driving her insane <laughs> but just every waking minute we're going then she's like can you stop that okay dun, 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 dun. um the, the, i must admit the i did learn to hate the noise of the acapella doop 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 because it's on all the um the the elsewhere levels yeah those and i the floodless levels good god yeah did you because i just kept screaming like i was uh 11 years old when i completed the game the first time around i am now 29 how the fuck am i failing where i succeeded when i was 11 years old yeah i have a greater Um, brain capacity and have played more games since this how can i not do this anymore i think the muscle memory would just be able to carry you over the thing but like that and another game we're going to talk about has shown me that no my skills have deteriorated (laughs) since i was 11 years old not got better uh yeah so i Good God. I, I think Mario the Galaxy annoys me a little bit when you're doing, like... There's sometimes where the, the, the movement doesn't match what you want to do because of all the gravity stuff, especially when you've got something that's got 360 gravity where you can walk underneath it and walk anywhere around it. A combination of the camera and the, the control stick trying to figure out which way it wants to go means that sometimes the movement can be a little bit aggravating. Oh, especially um, in some Sunshine the... where the best way of getting around is still backflipping. Like... Yes, exactly, which you can do with reckless amount. Yeah, you can't climb for shit. However, you can backflip to any fucking where in that map. Yeah. 
Uh, whereas on Galaxy, like especially also, I know they were a bit hamstrung with how they had to get in the pointer technology because they don't have the Wii, the Wii remote. I, I feel like it's okay because I'm playing it on the Pro Controller. So you basically, you um, the Pro Controller somehow has Wii technology in it anyway and it figures out where you're pointing and you can reset the pointer to whichever position you're holding it. But I was doing the race against the Boo in the Spooky Universe mm. and it took me for fucking ever because it's just all the little blue pull stars. Oh was, yeah. yeah! Oh god, I was getting fucking angry. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, honestly, I've tried both the dual Joy-Con method of control and the Pro controller, and like you say, apart from levels like that where you need the kind of the one-to-one thing that the Wii controller gave you, you may as well use a normal controller. It felt weird using a normal controller to begin with because again, I played Galaxy. I, I like Galaxy Two, but Galaxy One's my jam. Um, mm. and I remember playing that with Wiimote and Nunchuck and, you know, I gotta say, I think the two Joy-Cons method is probably the best. The problem is, is those Joy-Cons feel good to hold. They feel very, mm. because they're so flat, they just don't feel right in the hand because the Wii controller was like modeled after a TV remote. It yeah. felt right in the hand. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird that like the better way to control one specific game I would recommend having like a weird third party controller or something like that, like a knockoff Joy-Con or like some kind of mm. grip that you can slot them into because that's when it feels right. Otherwise, just use a Pro Controller. It's done the job. I can't complain. It, it's been okay other than like a few very specific instances. But yeah, both brilliant. I'm both glad we were able to get one. Um, I, I don't think there's any actual fear of missing out because... I mean, it's not like everyone's raving about Mario 3D All-Stars still, so I imagine there's stock out there you can get your hands on, but at least we've got them, and hopefully they'll be worth some money someday. Um, Fingers crossed. Oh, right. and it started all the rumours that uh, this is Nintendo's new big game plan where they're going to be doing the same with Pokemon. What, doing collections? Yeah, so the, the latest rumours have come out Ooh. is that they're putting um, X and Y, Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, and Sun and Moon into a collection. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh, and then they renewed the um, uh, the copyright on Heart, Gold, and Soul, Silver. So now people are saying, what the fuck are they doing with those games? And I'm very excited to see if that anything comes of that. I That would make more sense, because I don't think any of those games need another remake. Good Christ, no. So collecting them together makes sense. And I think if they then shift everything onto the Switch, they can essentially close down the Pokemon Bank servers. Because they can say, right, you've got a year and we're closing off Pokemon Bank. Do all your trading now to get them to the Switch. And then home is the way forward. But don't worry, you can replay any of those games on the Switch. They're all here. Um, And we'll get the Sinnoh remake. That would make the most sense, wouldn't it? Because Bank really only works with X and Y up, doesn't it? Uh, Yes. Well, well, I mean, you've got the... If you've got the... um, Yeah, if you've got Pokemon Red on 3DS you can transfer Pokemon from that one way into bank and then go to home. So that, the silver um, virtual ports, uh, and then, yeah, I think... No, you can, you can through very convoluted uh, ways, get Pokemon all the way back from the original Sapphire, Pearl, and uh, Emerald. If you do enough, if you have all the hardware, you can still trade them all the way through to bank and then on to home. But in terms of ease to do, yeah, it's just X and Y, uh, Omega and Alpha, and uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah. Which you can do I've done, actually pulled Pokemon from Diamond and Pearl up to uh, Sword and Shield as part of completing the Pokedex, and it ain't fun. It really ain't fun. Oh, no. It's a pain that in the ass. fucking minigame one for black and white. Oh, it's the worst, isn't oh, it? Oh, my God, I hated I that. I love those games. I love black and white, but that is some bother. That is the worst thing about black and white. Um, but, is. yeah, but having... Access, the thing is, that that then closes off black and white. If they do the Sinnoh remakes and then do a collection of X and Y through to Sun and Moon and then have something with Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver, so you've got Gen 1, 2, 3, 4, you're missing five. You're missing black and white. And then they do the remake of that once they've done Gen 9. I guess so. Boom, done. Um, I, I see. I I like, but because I have the complete Pokedex and still have access to all those games, that's not so much. I do that shit with Zelda. If they do, right, here you go, lads. It's Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, the Skyward. HD remake of 
well, Skyward is like a standalone thing I think we'll get. Unless they package it together with Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. But I'd also be okay with, right, here's Ocarina, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. Like, because they've all had remakes in the last, like, what, five to ten years? Yeah, that's true. Wackle them on a thing, that comes over, and then the next year you say, right, and we're we're doing Skyward Sword from the ground up HD remake. Because I feel like that's going to have so much work done to it to kind of reverse engineer all the Wii Remote stuff. That yeah. that's going to need to be its own standalone thing just to make money. Um, that was a yet, strange they, experiment. Yeah, or they can then package up and say, right, here's all the here's all the Zelda handheld games in one go. So you got Minish Cap, the Oracle games, um, the Four Swords Adventure games, uh, Spirit Tracks, Phantom Hourglass, etc. Here's your handheld Zelda collection. That tickles my pickle. I could I could see that happening, but then I remember that Link's Awakening DX is a thing. Yeah, good point. I, as someone who's played all the Zelda games and had to go through many different loops in order to do it, somehow having to play Minish Cap on a fucking Wii U, um, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I, I would just appreciate them putting them all in one disc and saying, there you go. Um, cool, right. Uh, we got a full review of Ghost of Shima, so you can go listen to our um, full opinions on that. Uh, can I speak about The Last of Us 2 real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Because I have to apologise to to Michael as I accidentally spoiled some stuff about this <laughs> whilst eating barbecue food. Um, I don't intend to make that mistake on on the podcast, but uh, yeah, it was um, it's a hell of a game. But in the same way that the first game is a hell of a game, it's not my favourite because it's just so heavy. Um, it, it's undeniably brilliant. There's there's no way around it. From it, it it's a lot. It plays a lot better than the first one. A lot of the, just the, you know, the nitty gritty stuff of the of the how it actually plays has been ironed out a lot. Um, I never felt like I was as scrappy for like resources. I was still in the habit of pluck, pulling open every single drawer and checking every single room, but it never got to the point where I felt like I've literally got no ammo whatsoever and I was so scarce on everything. It fe- it makes a nice balance of not overabundant with ammo that I can just you know run into any room with any amount of clickers and just start firing off shotguns, but it found a nice balance of always making sure that you know you, you you're okay you're not completely barren of anything to do. Um, Story wise, again fantastic, but it's just such like a it's like watching Logan like it's undeniably oh, great, but it's not your favourite because it's just so heavy. Brilliant, but. No, exactly. Fun is the way I'm trying to gauge it, which sounds like a weird recommendation. But if anyone's played the first one, it's basically the same recommendation I'd give for that. You've got to play it because there's nothing else like it. It really isn't. But you've got to play it in stages. You can't pay through that thing in one go because you'd just be so sad. That yeah, that that sounds about right. That sounds in line with what I've heard about that game. I do intend to play it at some point. The fact of the matter is, is that we're so close to the new generation starting. I'm going to be playing that game on a PlayStation 5. Like it, it, It's just inevitable that I won't get round to playing Last of Us 2 just yet. And that's a shame, because I, I love The Last of Us 1. It was the final game I played on the PlayStation 3. It was very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's not a fun time. I really liked Last of Us 1, but Last of Us 2... It just seems like a repeated kick in the dick, from what I've heard. It, it, it is. Like, I can't deny that there's a lot of satisfying things that happen in there, but it just doesn't ingratiate you the same way, like, you know, other games we've already talked about. That, you know, um, we are eventually going to get into our best games of the last generation, and it's on there, but it's kind of like, to go back to football analogies, it's kind of like Barcelona. It's undeniably brilliant, but it's not my favourite, you know, because that's West Bromwich Albion there's actually a bad analogy because Barcelona aren't very good anymore but there we go you don't know enough about football to correct me so it's fine nope um, <laughs> right I've got two more to talk about as have I that's good news go for it well actually I've got three but I can bundle the indies together um, the indies uh, I spoke briefly about Carrion in an old other episode mm-hmm. um, it's the portal of this generation it's fucking excellent wow it okay. Genuinely, it's just a three-hour little little game that can be be one hundred percent completed. Like I say, about three to five hours, and it the quality just fucking lands. I put it I put it this way: 
I know it's going to be on my top five. I don't know where it's going to be on my top five this year, but it's definitely fucking on there. It is just exactly what it needs to be because it, I'm assuming you've seen the trailers for it. It's that reverse horror game. It's like you're yeah. you're in the movie The Thing and you're playing The Thing. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. It just it's got very limited controls. You're basically just you're in this amorphous red blob. You're moving around the place and you're just basically pulling vents off of things to hide, and then grabbing hold of people slamming them against walls and eating them you know normal monster things uh just standard horror movie shtick um but it just it's it's just exactly what it needs to be it's just do you want to be this weird multi-mouthed monster and do you want to like rip um like power loader mechs apart and eat the dude inside yeah good because that's what you're going to be doing and there's some puzzles and they're pretty good and then, but it never gets old. The, the good thing is, is that from point A to point B, there is not a point where I felt like I had to put the game down. I felt like if I if I had the time, thank, thankfully I didn't. Otherwise, I would have just finished it, vegetated from the sofa and finished it in a day. But it's just the quality does not fucking dip, and it's just so streamlined, very good at one thing, exactly like Portal was. Portal was just the strength of the puzzles and the physics. Boom, done carrion is that it's the it's the violence and the puzzles and the power trip nature of it it's fucking excellent it's so good on the other hand we have a game that i didn't have any high hopes for started to fall in love with and then very quickly hated it um okay spirit fairer mm. so i had no hope for it we, we, we i think we reviewed it. it turned up at um xbox's e3 last year and we were like well that's you know the every every other cal arts game of just that hand-drawn style and everything's too Uh cutesy and all this and then i played it and i got fucking addicted to it and there's just this great little cycle of it's part like it's part storytelling visual novel game and part harvest moon stardew valley like resource management game Except it's all in a cutesy art style, and it's all about death. And it's just, it's just, it was tickling a little thing back there, the same way that Stardew Valley did. It was like, this, this just feels gratifying to just get all the things you need to move to the next part of the game and move from point to point on this map and meet all these characters and have these conversations. And then I got to the, the, the point of the game that nearly made me cry. I was so close. It just got me there. And then the worst character in the game came on board. Um, oh. So the, the the whole conceit is that you are the spirit fairy. Your 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 name's like I think it's uh, Stella, and mm. you've you've recently died and you have become the new spirit fairy. And basically, you get people to move on. You're basically moving through purgatory, and you get people to move on to presumably heaven. But you go through the ever door, which stops your time in the spirit fairy's world. You do that by literally like sailing across the, these purgatory seas and going to these little towns where all these souls are like not ready to move on. One of the characters you meet towards the end is like a stern teacher. And it's it's quite jarring when you meet this character because it's the only, it's like one of the few that you actually don't have a personal relationship with. As you learn more about the passengers that come on your journey, you've met up with like your high school best friend your uncle your aunt uh and all and like there's one that's like very heavily implied to be like a younger sibling or something like that and they've all got these really lovely heartwarming and often heartbreaking um like scenarios i don't want to spoil too much of it but there's one i can't recommend you play this game you specifically Because the hedgehog character in this game will very much hit too close to home for you. I know that. In much the same way that Professor X in Logan does. Right, okay. So I wouldn't recommend you play it. But then the game starts to introduce characters that your sort of self-insert character is not directly related to. And then the game just falls apart and loses all the emotion and becomes about completing challenges and getting x amount of resource so that you can finally go to this specific part of the thing and by this point the story's already wrapped up like you've met hades you've met like the lord of the underworld who basically says 
you've done all this ferrying around. Now it's your turn to move on. It's your turn to hand the reins over to the next spirit fairer. And that happens about two thirds into the game. And then the final, the final slog is just do the hard part of this jumping puzzle, do this really hard timed challenge, have these really awful people on board your boat that you really don't connect with in any way get this really rare resource from this one specific place in the map that only resets every two fucking hours or something like that. And it just shits itself. It just, at the very last moment, it became so impossible to enjoy this game. And I really wish it had ended a couple of hours prior. It cuts, if it cut off the last two passengers finished at the, at the last time you meet up with Hades and then just gave you the ending it would be on par with Carrion because it does it tries to go that extra mile and it tries to have these challenge mode stuff in it. And it tries to sort of pull out the uh, the gameplay by kind of really relying on that Harvest Moon style gameplay of just waiting for things to happen. Mm. It loses all the momentum and in the end you just feel annoyed when you get to the ending. You're like, well, if that would have happened earlier, I would have loved it. But because you've had to suffer through the last part of it, it doesn't feel worth it at all. It's uh, it's one of those games I can't recommend anymore. Uh, it's such a shame. It was doing so well. I, I was like, this is one of the most emotionally charged games I've played this year. I'm desperately in love with these characters. They're so enthralling and heartbreaking and wonderful. And then it just became a fucking slog. Uh, yeah. It sucks. See, I see that because... When you're going with something that, like, not story-focused, but you know what I mean, it's, it's got a heavy emphasis on storytelling and on, you know, playing on your emotions it just is an actual video game, it's very, very easy to then have usual video game constraints, which you wouldn't mind in other video games, coming into play and kind of taking the edge off. You've got to hit such a nice balance between the two for it to work. Because, um, I mean, video games can get on without stories, no problem, if the video game is good enough. But when it's flipped on the other way, the video game stuff, it's really weird. You want it to be less of a video game while still being kind of a video game. That's a very, very hard thing to try and find the balance of. Because you can, of course, just do away with stories and just have, what if it was the Tic Tac Olympics? Which leads me on <laughs> yep. to fall, guys. Um, <laughs> which Nice is brought out in, like, 20-minute chunks to sp- save time before we watch something else on TV. I'm like, should we pop on Fall Guys for a minute? Because it's just the best, like, I've got some time to kill. Let's just have a run at Fall Guys. Um, it's... I've noticed a change in the game. I liked it earlier on because I felt like it was a more, like, wholesome experience of just everyone trying to do well. But I don't know about you, Michael, but in the last month, month and a half or so, it's kind of got a bit poisonous on there because everyone has learnt how to use the grapple bushing and they just want to be dickheads a bit. Yeah, that has not helped. Like, there's... So if you haven't played Fall Guys, if you somehow missed it, it's it's basically Takeshi Castle, but with these little, like, tic-tap-shaped men that you can put costumes on. And, you know, they've got the run through the doors, but some of them are fake doors and they don't let you through. Or uh, run on these spinning plates or the goddamn merciless pain that is the seesaw level. Um, <laughs> and it's all a race. There's 60 of you, you get whittled down round by round, and eventually someone wins overall. Um, if you fail, don't worry about it. In about 30 seconds time, you'll be back in a new game and running at the thing again. Um, and early on, it was, again, good, clean fun. But there is a way that you can, like, grapple with people. It has some gameplay function in some of the maps like if you're doing one of the ones like where you've got to grab a tail so that you know if the end of round as long as you've got a tail you win and the tail makes you a little bit faster but people can grab it off you it's fine but now there's two examples of how this is being used for dickheadedness one is people running all the way to the finish line but turning round just before it and just pushing people away from the finish line for the hell of it or even worse where you're playing on games where the object is like to just stay on a platform. So it's over the one where there's the fruit matching game, where there's different tiles on the floor that all have like fruits, like a banana or a cherry or a grape. They all then you've got like 30 seconds to figure out where everything is. It all goes blank. A screen flashes up which fruit you need to stand on. You jump on that square. All the other ones disappear and drop out those people that are on the wrong squares. 
every time that game has come up now, I'm on a winning square, someone just turns around, grabs me, and shoves me off the edge. There was no need to do that, but they did it anyway. And yeah. it's kind of ruining the game a little bit. It really is. I don't know where this has come from. I don't I don't think I know that they're about to put an update out as well. But the sheer lack of level variety as well is yeah. now becoming a problem. Like you say, as soon as I see the seesaw level, I'm like, well, I'm fucking going out of this, aren't I? Yeah. Like, like if I get the standard assault course, the door game, and then the fruit game, I'm like, I might get through to the last round. Yep. But the second I see the seesaw, it's like, well, it's all fucking over, isn't it? Or the team ones, which if you oh, if you're God, on yeah. the, a bad side, there is nothing you can do to get out of that hole. You are going to be eliminated, and that's true of quite a few of them. Are oh no, it's the the egg steel one or the jinxed one, where if you're just not or the football one, if you're not on the right team, there's nothing you can do. If you're up against a team that knows what it's doing and is competent, you're fucked. Yeah, I got in on one of those uh, football games the other day. I managed to get to the final round, which I'm very proud of. Um, and the, the team game before it, we won 11 nil. Which, Jesus like the, the guys at the front, I decided to hang back at the goal and just be that prick. Is like mm. just the one who knows all about defense, so that we don't yeah. we get a clean sheet basically. But I just watched these two dudes fucking killing the other team. They knew what they were doing, which is weird because the physics suck. So I don't know how they, they managed do. to get this level they of perfection. Do. Have you won any yet? No, not a single dub. I I have got a crown, but neither me or Rachel can remember winning one, so I don't know how that happened. Oh, is it because you don't know if... leveled up past a certain point? I Maybe, but I feel like you should only get the crowns if you've actually won something. We've been in the final round, we got to the final two once, in the one where you know, it's the jump over the pole one, but there's also the big poles at the top to try and knock you off. We got to the last two, but this guy was <laughs> superhuman. He was not going down for love and money. Um, but yeah, it just it's that sweet, like... Oh, but you can, especially when you start getting okay at it and you get on a bit of a run of getting to final rounds, it's very addictive. But yeah, you only need one bell end, usually dressed as a boxer or a pigeon, <laughs> and uh, it's all over and it can just ruin your night. And you just go, well, I'm not playing this anymore tonight. Off you go. Yeah, like the, it was quickly like one of the best games to play this year, and now it's become something like. It's in the. It's on the edge of being, going into the sin bin with Fortnite. Of just that's a game I will not be on the same level as people with, and I don't wish to be. So I'm hoping yeah. that when they introduce this update and they have all these new levels, we're back to what it it was at the start mm. of just sixty people just trying to survive, which is way better. Yeah. Exactly right. I have got one more game. Um, I rolled it together for those two. And do I have anything else to talk about? Bear with me just one moment. Pretty sure I had another game. I rolled the Indies together and I had something else I was going to talk about. Shit, what was it? Yeah, okay. No, I do have one more as well. Go on. Um, have you heard of Mount and Blade Warband? I cannot say that I have. It is a game that has been... I think it was in early access, but it has been knocking about for years and years and years. But it's on the Xbox Game Pass. Um, it is incredibly janky, ugly to look at, and for some reason I'm goddamn addicted to it. I, I, I don't understand. Right. It, it's um, <laughs> So it's like, it's this weird... Um, how do I describe it? It's set in a fantasy medieval kingdom, and you're playing this, like, peasantry character. Your goal is to kind of amass, like, a little personal army, and either... Do multiple things. You can just exist as like a mercenary for hire, or you can go and ally yourself with some kingdoms. You can try and conquer the the whole like land itself. But it's very hard and very slow and very clunky and very ugly, and definitely looks like a game that has been around for years and years because it absolutely has. I'm gonna find out how long it's been it's been around for because it's very it's very strange game. Mountain Blade Warband. Um, oh my god it released in 2010 oh wow <laughs> that is yeah. a piss take yeah it's such an old game and it still doesn't feel done like because it's so ridiculously clunky and like it looks like it looks like they just used a standard like font and just typed out all the um, the dialogues because there's no voice right. acting 
it's all presented in dialogue boxes like an old school pc rpg yeah and it feels so ancient and yet for some goddamn reason i love going from one side of the map to the other running just random shitty errand quests with me and my band of men who i have to keep in coin does it again it's that stardew valley thing of just i have to keep an eye on my you know because you have to pay your army you know, you know? Yeah. so you have to like make sure you've got enough um of the currency to make sure that they'll stick around you have to make sure you've got enough food so that when you're marching from place to place they're not going hungry then you actually have to go into the fight so they have to you can level up your foot soldiers but then they're like specific named npcs that you can meet and recruit to your army and you have to manage their gear as well to make sure that they don't fucking die you have to then manage all their upgrades to make sure that they're getting the right skills with their right weapons and i don't know what it is i think it's in much the same way that you love football manager i just really like having the perfectly micromanaged little army that means that when we come up against when we do mercenary work for one of the kingdoms and we come up against um, a member of an opposing army that's like twice our size we're like yeah we'll fucking have them <laughs> it's so good oh it's so it's, uh, uh, it reminds me of joe and you play black flag yeah and you finally got the jackdaw to being like this absolute fucking like the worst thing on the seven seas it can murder anything yeah and you spot like a galleon or two that early in the game you had to like run away from and cower and they just speed straight at them fuckers. Like, <laughs> oh, you don't know what's coming for you, my boy. It's, oh, it's one of the most satisfying things you can have in gaming. So I, I get it. You can put it with a lot of jank if it gives you that level of just, oh, this is so satisfying. Yeah, it, it really is. And it is janky as all hell. I honestly don't think I can recommend it to anybody who's looking for a game with, like, realistic physics, graphical fidelity any sense of art direction <laughs> it doesn't have any of these what it does have is pure like escapist medieval charm and right. it it might not work the way you want it to but it is it's unmistakably massive for the game that it's trying to be um in terms of like the scope of what you can accomplish in the game but yeah i've been having a lot of fun with it tournaments can fuck off though i am not good at jousting oh <laughs> Did not expect that sentence today. Um, okay, we've we've reached the end, everybody. But I'm really sorry I have to do this to you, Michael. Oh God, I have to talk about Crash Four. Oh God, yeah, I, I haven't got round to it, and I won't get chance now. We've got Cyberpunk mm. next month, then the PlayStation Five's yeah. coming, and Cy- yeah. and Spider Man, and uh, I might not even play Crash this year. I'm sorry I have to do this to you, Michael. I know you love Crash, but. And you know they've made changes to this one. Oh, no. And it's really fucking good. Oh, thank fucking Christ. Michael, I cannot I cannot tell you how, how fucking good Crash 4 is. It's, it's like the perfect sequel. Wow, it's really? Everything you want a Crash game to be. Every single thing they've added works. Because it's just takes a step forward gameplay wise without losing track of what it is like it is crash band it is the fourth in this you know we are ignoring everything else that happened (laughs) this is this is that the nothing else happened after crash 3 until this arrived wow because so like it's not rocket science what they've added they've added a few rope swings that you can have a go on um they've added rail grinding and they've added wall running which is not shown up all that much admittedly the other two are much more prominent but it just works it just it gives the gameplay a little bit of a step forward then you chuck in the new mass that they've added in so the one that can pause time uh the one that can like phase stuff in and out of reality uh the one that just it's the dark matter one but just means you can do infinity spins i haven't got to the point where they'll get the fourth mask which is what does the fourth mask do? Um, I can't remember what the fourth one does. Have you had the anti gravity um, one yet? No, that's the one I haven't got yet. Is the anti gravity one? Um. Um, they're just so satisfying to use, and the game has been set up so that every level feels distinct. Even though it's going with like the um, the kind of you go to one world which has one boss in it, you finish that and you move on to the next one. 
it's really the 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 design, just like the artistic design of it all, is fantastic. Like you, the first world you do is um, uh, engines world, and it's basically Mad Max. They're not even trying to like <laughs> tell you. It's it's literally the Tom Hardy Mad Max movie, um, but with engine instead of um, what's his face. Um, it's brilliant. Then you, it goes through like there's like an ancient one is set in like ancient China. There's um, the the New Orleans level that opens up like the third or fourth world is so satisfying of a combination of music, gameplay, secrets, references. I, I I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I went out and bought it on first day because I'm like, I want to play Crash. I enjoyed playing the Insane Trilogy. It was a nice nostalgia Crash. This isn't nostalgia speaking. Like, don't get me wrong. It can still fucking infuriate you. Like, because they've done, they've done away. You've got two options when you open the game. You can play it classic with lives and all that stuff. Or you can play it without lives. Okay. And I cannot... Like, it's a small change. And purists have probably gone with just the live system. But... It makes such a difference to your enjoyment of that game when you're just given infinite like opportunity to smash into the same wall until you figure out how it works. Right, and that, like, and that works. A hundred percent. Yeah, you, um, like, how do you explain this? I haven't actually played the game, but it's a bit like the Sword of Ditto, where you are just given infinite chances to just redo things over and over and over again. And put it this way, like, it, it gets to a point. There is a point where I feel like right. I'm just going to have to abandon trying to get all the boxes because I'm just not good enough to do this. I haven't got the skills necessary to get up, you know, do all these mad jumps in a sequence that gets me to where I need to go. Mm. But I have died like upwards of 50 times on one level just trying to get one box. Because because you haven't got that restriction of the live system, which to be fair is a bit of a redundant and archaic thing anyway, because you haven't got that kind of, you know, you, you, you got to two lives and you're like, okay, I'm going to have to abandon the perfect pursuit and just get to the end. You just you just have more fun because you just get to inf- like infinitely run at these problems. It's like no, I know I can get that box. I just need to do this, this, and this, and I need some luck to go with it. It's bounce, spin, jump, do a gate crash, just phase in and out, turn the big spin on. Oh my god, I'm having so much fun with it. Yeah, nice. I I I I really I really wish I could tell you it was just okay, so you'd feel like okay about not playing it but i can't hide the fact that i'm just really really enjoying this game <laughs> much more than i thought i was going to the it's actually funny like the the characters they've added in are actually quite funny um the unlocking system is a little hard because you can unlock you get six crystals for every um uh level you do you get them for getting 40 percent of the apples 60 percent of the apples 80 percent of the apples um so wumpers um one for getting all the boxes there's a hidden gem in each level and then you get one for dying less than three times in a mission if you unlock all six of them you unlock the skin that is attached to that level right now i'm not going to play as anything other than vanilla crash bandicoot or one that unlocked with the need of crystals classic 90s crash in all of his polygonal glory oh nice those those are the only two i want to play as anyway so i'm all right but again it just gives you that yeah, you know you're sacrificing that six crystal for the deaths one, but you can just do a run through later where you're ignoring all the boxes and just getting to the end without dying. It's so good. I haven't even finished it yet, and it's it's a brilliant, brilliant game. And I I cannot implore anybody not listening to this who has played Crash and like thought, yeah, this was fine, but you know it's nothing new. Please play this one because it doesn't change everything. It's not an earth shattering, you know, change of pace, but everything they've added works literally every single thing they've added works and nice. it's, just, it's just so much fun to play oh man now i'm now i'm really annoyed that i won't get a chance to play this but my, my end of the year now looks so different to what i thought it was going to look like because for stars cyberpunk's coming out like it went yeah. gold the other day it is done that game is ready to play holy yeah. fucking shit so we've got that on the exact same day the, the PlayStation 5 launches, which means that Mars Morales is out the same day. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting both of those games, and I'm playing them both. Then you've got Demon's Souls. Then you've got Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. That mm-hmm. is a stacked fucking Christmas. And I really just yeah. don't see how I can slot Crash 4 in there now. But now I feel like I have to. <laughs> I have to apologise. I mean, because... Even on my radar, Assassin's Creed Valhalla's coming out two days before Cyberpunk comes out, and a week after Miles Morales comes out. Uh, I mean, Watch Dogs Legion, I think I'm going to leave anyway, but that's still interesting. 
we've got Pokemon DLC coming out in a little under two weeks. Shit, uh, we might be able to rest before Christmas. I know. A week Friday, um, Crown Tundra's out. Fuck, so, that's that, that close. That? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, and, of course, Steve is coming to Smash as well. So as, as film dies on its arse and abandons 2020 entirely, video games are not letting up. It is a mad end to the year. And, like, even Crash came out on the same day as Star Wars Squadrons, which I saw in-game was actually a reduced £35 brand new. Bloody hell. I, I still didn't buy it because I've heard the story campaign is only seven hours, and I'm like, I can wait for PS Plus for that. Um, I'd say it's just the flying segment from Battlefront 2, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it's, the storyline has got good reviews, but apparently the best way to play it is in VR, and I don't have VR. So, yeah, yeah. in VR, it is unbelievably good. Um, but, alas. So, yeah, it's... You know what? There might be at some point. If, to be fair, by the time we get round to a point of where we could do a media of lockdown part three it'll probably be the end of december we can just do a year roundup but yeah that's true enough is coming out in the next month that we could have another one of these and fill it for another two hours good god oh okay and then and see just looking at the time that we spent on this this is going to be a two-parter now i think so <laughs> oh boy right i, I think we're looking forward to stop there aren't we before we carry on there's plenty coming up there's plenty for us to talk about we are actually going to go and get those other films a few films that haven't skipped 2020 seen and we will mm-hmm. get reviews for that primarily bill and ted three we as soon as we can as soon as we got yep. down can um then we've got cyberpunk we've got uh mars morales all the games we just mentioned they're coming we will be talking about them in some r- regard i'm sure of it um and oh god yeah and pitches we haven't done a pitch for in a while that was the, our bread and butter at the start of lockdown and now i feel like we haven't done one in a in a hot minute no, we have not, but we will get round to all of that goodness sooner rather than later. I mean, we're going to have so many video games reviews if we actually get round to it. You might own two PS5s in a few weeks. So <laughs> who knows? Yes. Well, actually, uh, a little story about that before we wrap up. I had the uh, confirmation from Curry's that I am getting day one stock. So right. my PS5 is confirmed. I'm getting one. Um, Shop 2, unfortunately, got back to me to say that it's not confirmed for day one. So... Yeah. Have you cancelled it? Not yet, just in case somebody wants it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I probably will. I probably will. But okay. uh, I want to. Is it is it bad that I just I want to get my money in on the Curry's one to know that they have to give me one before I'll cancel the Shop Two one? No, I I <laughs> I get the paranoia that is set in, Michael. I understand one hundred percent. Oh God! Did you see the teardown video for the PlayStation Five? I haven't, because I don't know what value it would have other than me going, fuck me, the PS Seto Kyber is huge. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, it's I, a big boy, yeah. It's basically a fridge at this point. But, uh, <laughs> no, I might watch that um, I might watch that later on, yeah. It's interesting to see what's inside that thing and how we're going to be able to expand that storage, because basically we're going to be buying um, M.2 solid-state drives to expand its memory. Right. That's the big take-home point, which is good because that's not a proprietary card, unlike the Xbox Series X, where you've got to pay, what was it, 250 quid to upgrade your storage Ooh. on a Series X? Fucking hell. Because they've got a proprietary stupid-ass port on it Yeah. Um, that people have theorised, don't worry, don't pay for the official one because somebody will make a cheaper one. Um, yeah. But the PlayStation 5 is treating it like a PC upgrade. So as, as SSD drive prices fluctuate so will the price of being able to upgrade the ps5 storage so that's yeah. looking good for the future i wish i knew more about tech to be excited but having been crippled by a ps4 with basically no memory for the last however many years i i look forward to voiding my warranty so i can upgrade my memory <laughs> fair enough oh shall i plug away darren Please do. You can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram and at that Mike Owen. You can go and follow Darren on Twitter and Instagram and at the Goodridge. You can follow the site on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the username Fowlient. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and anywhere else. You can pick up podcasts and RSS feeds under the username Fowlient or Fowlient Podcast, depending on your service. And of course, you can go to fanstainment.com for more of this great stuff from me and your boy Darren. Who? This was a long episode, or episodes, as it will have to be now. (laughs) 
Yeah, sorry about that. We turns out in three months you can watch him play a lot of things. I have been on the warpath with getting stuff done because it just felt like nothing was happening. I mean, nope. I didn't even get to talk about... Um, I'd given up on the uh, Dynasty Warriors series and then I caved and picked up Warriors Orochi 4 the other day and that's my new hotness. Uh, oh, of course. But, you know... My my four word review of that is it is another one. So <laughs> if you like those games, pick up Warriors Orochi Four Ultimate because it's fucking good. But that means nothing to anybody. Oh God, I've no idea what the next episode's going to be, but we will certainly see you in it. Thank you very much for listening to this extremely long two parter episode of Talk Amongst Yourselves, and we will see you in the next one. Bye everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>